0: Hi, I'm Julie Morgenstern, and welcome to Time to Parent, the podcast that will give you more time, less guilt, and deeper joy. This week, I talk with Diana, a mom who prioritized connecting with her kids over time spent organizing. But her lack of organization was catching up with her. We're going to focus this episode on Arrange, You'll remember ARRANGE is the A in PART, P-A-R-T, our acronym for raising a human. ARRANGE involves all of the logistics of running a household, including organizing physical spaces, paper, and routines, the cooking, cleaning, scheduling, transportation. All of these things need orchestrating for your family life to function smoothly. And for most parents, This is a gigantic, daunting task. Disorder and household logistics can really bring disorder everywhere else. And the problem with not having good systems for your space and your schedule as a family is it isn't just stressful for you, the parent. It's stressful for everyone in the family as well. And here's where we go to Diana, a New York-based blogger and mom of a seven-year-old and an 18-month-old.
1: So basically, I'm a messy person. (laughs) I do not, you know, deny that. Um, But it was getting to a point where, I mean, I couldn't find anything at home. So that was a big deal because then you lose time, right? Mm -hmm. When you're trying to get out the door and you can't find the keys or the book bag or, you know, the sneakers, etc.
0: Diana was struggling with a range in both the physical organizing piece and the scheduling piece. I first worked with Diana to get her space in order. Her messiness was causing stress between her and her more organized husband, and papers were everywhere, her closet was overrun with clothes, and the physical chaos was stealing so much time from her day. I suggested we tackle the physical space first so we would have a little more time to work with in her schedule. The thing about a range is that it is a far more complex and time-consuming responsibility than anyone recognizes. It's hard even for organized people to manage and orchestrate the logistics of a family life. But if you were never an organized person, it's infinitely harder to do for a multi-user household with different personalities, different abilities, and you have to synchronize so many people's schedules. As a result, parents tend to fall on either side of the spectrum with a range. They either let arrange dominate their time and focus at the expense of any time for themselves or quality time with their kids, or they completely disregard arranging, spending time on other parts of parenting while their household and days fall into disarray. For Diana, she valued spending time with her kids more than she valued cleaning or organizing.
1: It just fell low on my priority list. Mm -hmm. I always give this example, and I think if I had to choose spending a Saturday organizing my closet or spending Saturday out in the park with my kids, I'm absolutely going to choose the latter and not the former. Mm -hmm. Like, I think when I'm old, I'm not going to think about whether my closet was organized.
0: So when Diana arrived from home at the end of a day, she shifted straight into relate.
1: When I arrive, the first thing I want to do is like, you know, my baby comes up to see me and I the first thing I want to do is like look at my son's folder and see if what's happening in school or someone has to make dinner or maybe I have to go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? So right. I just like drop everything and like go. For me I feel like the next thing was probably more important than where I was putting my keys.
0: In many ways, for Diana, it was great to prioritize relating over what feels like the mundane details of where stuff goes. The problem was later, when she and the family were trying to do anything, they had no idea where stuff was. I wanted to know what effort she had made to get organized in the past because no one's ever starting from scratch.
1: So the way it worked, it was kind of like a pattern, right? So like stuff would just pile up. And I would just kind of let it pile up until one day I was like, okay, there's like three bags. Or like, for example, I couldn't find something, so I'm like, oh, there's a bag of mail and papers and junk mail that it's probably in there, I should probably look. So I would just sit and I would go through the pile and get rid of the junk mail and put away the important papers. Uh So that happened every four weeks, I want to say, I don't Uh even know. Uh When it piled up, to be honest.
0: She so hated the arranging, she avoided it completely until she just couldn't take it anymore. Then she would do a big burst of organizing that never led to a complete system. We also know that the stuff wasn't only Diana's. Every member of her family was bringing in papers and shoes and lunch boxes. And because there wasn't a system in place, every time her family was trying to move on to the next thing, it was utter chaos. No one could find what they needed in the moment.
2: When I've worked with families um, who have trouble sort of you know, getting themselves together, trying to get everything done in a very short amount of time. You know, the idea that you're just focused on doing, 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 everybody's always working really hard to try to get out the door. And that involves a lot of tasks. And when we become task oriented only, you know, it becomes hard for parents to really be present for their kids.
0: That's Dr. Amanda Rios, a licensed clinical psychologist and family therapist with a practice based in Chicago. Dr. Rios was incredibly instrumental in helping me understand what children need to feel loved and secure when I was writing the book Time to Parent. I talked to her to try and understand the impact of organizational chaos on kids. And what she said is there are two components. The first, which we just heard her talk about, is that when we are rushing around, it makes it harder to connect with our kids. And when we don't have the space to connect with our kids, they don't feel as loved and secure. What really blew my mind though, is her second point from our conversation. She explained that organization in the environment and in the schedule helps kids
2: develop a sense of mastery over the world. People from the time that they're born are just trying to be successful at navigating the world. And so really this idea of consistency, um, not only does it help people feel like they have control in their lives, but it, it really does help children to try to form an idea of like how to make sense of this world. So think about it. Having organized systems at home
0: where kids know what goes where not only reduces stress in parents, it helps kids make sense of their world by feeling like they have consistency and control. While taking time to set up systems to find the scissors may feel like a mundane concern, the truth is the infrastructure of the household and maintaining it together is a way of showing our care for each other.
2: If you think about it just in a natural way, when, people are interacting with each other and they're feeling happy and they're feeling support they feel encouraged to keep going it instills hope it instills a work ethic Um, it makes people feel like there's something bigger than themselves
0: and having systems that everyone honors is essential for kids to feel they are part of something larger than themselves it's how families support each other's collective goals And that's where physical organization and time management meet. Because if a child is looking for scissors and can't find them because someone in the family didn't put them away in the right spot, then it's obstructing that child's goals of completing an art project or getting something done for their homework. The physical disorganization is affecting their time. So Diana and her family needed to get ahead of the chaos. They needed to create a system that tamed the physical clutter so that they could take back their time.
1: And in my mind I'm like, obviously the olive oil goes in the bottom thing and obviously the baking stuff goes on the top thing. And then one day like my husband will be like, "Where does this?" And I'm like, "Obviously, it goes up there." But I realized that, you know, it's not like I've sat down and like told him where in my mind things go and where they actually go.
0: I told Diana that she needs to think of her home as a multi-user system. She's not the only person who needs to know where things go, and she's not the only one responsible for managing her home. When you design a system for a family, it can't just work the way one person thinks. It should be simple and easy for everyone at every age to maintain. So I gave Diana a different way to think about organizing the rooms in her home so that everyone could find what they need when they need it.
1: One of the things that really struck me about what you said that I loved um, because I've been in this setting and I totally got it was um, to think about arranging a room like a kindergarten classroom Mm -hmm. because a kindergarten classroom like has everything has its place Mm -hmm. all the time. And all the kids know that when they play with X toy, the X toy goes in its place. So that totally helped me because it was like it was like a visual, right? Like, oh, pens go here, unopened mail goes here, like that kind of thing.
0: I love the metaphor of the kindergarten classroom because it helped Diana give everything its place. And it helped her engage her whole family in the process. Her son could visualize the kindergarten classroom so he felt like he could participate. And I emphasized to Diana that she did not have to reorganize her whole house from top to bottom in order to help her family function better. Just focusing on two to three hot spots to start is enough. So Diana chose the three places causing her family the most stress. The first was the living room. This space served as a family gathering place and also Diana's home office. With piles of paper stacked everywhere, it made it very hard for the family to relax. I told Diana to get beautiful containers to catch that paper clutter exactly where it landed. That way, her information was at her fingertips during the day when she worked, and the space could instantly become a peaceful, relaxing environment at night.
1: We now have, like, a designated desk where, like, the mail goes, um, you know, the drawers. Like, I know where the pens and the pencils and the markers and the dry erase markers, etc., go.
0: The second hotspot she focused on was her son's room. She and her son worked together to create zones in his room so that he could find his clothes to get dressed in the morning, books he wanted to read at night, and keep track of all of his homework and his own papers.
1: On my son's desk, he has spaces where like his Legos go and his papers and his notebooks.
0: The third hotspot was her front entry. This space set the tone for the house when everyone got home and she knew that organizing it would make it easier to get out the door in the morning.
1: We've gotten rid of a lot of stuff in our homes. So we got rid of like this big cabinet that had a lot of books and things like that. So there's more space. And I think my husband appreciates that because he wants to be a minimalist. So
0: well, you're you're quite the pair then, right?
1: Yeah, I've gotten I hope when he listens to this, he will say that I've gotten better. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so Diana and her family created a system together for a few key spaces in their home. After the break, we talk about how Diana next tackled the family's time.
1: Um, I think for us, it's really been... Um, trying to manage our time in the morning and getting out of the house without that stress because, like, my son would feel the stress. And before, I used to just think, oh, he's being bratty or something. And then I actually spoke to a friend who said, no, he's actually just feeling what you're feeling and, like, answering in that way. So I was like, oh, so I guess I have to change.
0: For Diana, she needed a morning routine to create consistency to help reduce the stress her son was feeling. Because kids benefit from routines in more ways than you can imagine. Here's Dr. Rios again.
2: Consistency helps with predictability, right? So consistency is really about giving people the best shot they have at success. Part of what children are learning to develop is about expectations that they should keep in mind when they're looking at the world around them. So What are we going to be eating for dinner? Are we going to be eating together? You know, uh, what is my bedtime? When do I wake up in the morning? You know, what do we do in these different things? Do we brush our teeth? We know. And if there's inconsistent ideas just about the way that you run your life, then it is less likely for them to feel confident in taking on the world. In creating structure around the day,
0: we have to think about what I call anchors. Think of anchors as common touch points that all families hit each day. They mark transition points for your kids and in turn, you. There are really five anchors to the day. Wake up time, getting out the door, after school, dinner, and bedtime. See what I mean about them being transition points? They are times when you come together with your child They also happen to be ideal moments for connecting and letting your kids know they are loved and valued. Diana was struggling with the morning routine, so let's start with that anchor point. The first step to streamlining a morning routine is to remove everything that can be done the night before. That includes pulling outfits, packing backpacks, figuring out what is for breakfast, for lunch, signing permission slips, The less you have to do from the time you wake up until everyone walks out the door, the better chances you have for a calm, relaxing, nurturing morning. And because we had already created a physical organizing system with Diana, this part was easy. Diana has a system and everything has its place. She and her family don't have to search for the basics, the backpacks, the papers, the homework.
1: So now what I've been doing is, ever since the new school year started, is that at night, I always say, like, okay, the backpack goes right by the door. Mm -hmm. Okay, where are your sneakers? Are they right where they're supposed to be? Okay, Mm -hmm. what uniform are you wearing tomorrow? That's ready. Mm -hmm. So all of those things are out. Mm -hmm. So then in the morning, those are not things we're looking for, which happened a lot last year. Mm
0: -hmm. There was no more scrambling for missing items, even the night before, because every item had its place. Then, thinking about what Dr. Rio said about consistency, I wanted to help Diana streamline her family's morning routine so it was less hectic and more predictable. And that system also needed to account for moments of connection because mornings set the tone for the
2: whole day. How You Wake Up Really makes a difference, for example. You know, you can wake up and just like everybody's in a rush, everyone's running late, and everyone's just barely trying to eat breakfast. Or if there's something consistent, you can start the day off with some sort of consistent theme of connection for the family. So saying good morning, it's so simple, but saying good morning, how are you? How did you sleep? You know, even if everything else behind that is chaos, there's still this idea that like we're connected and I care for you.
0: That was Dr. Rios again. And she's right. Something as simple as giving your child a few moments of undivided attention is invaluable to starting the day off right. Diana struggled with snoozing in the morning, which was compressing her morning time. So I told her to wake up even a few minutes before her kids and not dive right into the rush of the morning tasks, but instead to take five to seven minutes connecting to her kids the minute they wake up. Ask them, how did you sleep? What did you dream about? This way, even if things get stressful, her kids can feel connected and valued. As we come to a close this episode, here's what we learned about managing the logistics of your family's life. The value of a range is that it creates consistency. And consistency is what helps kids feel like they are in control, a developmental necessity. Consistency in routines also free time and energy for the whole family. And that time and energy can be spent connecting with each other and on activities of interest to each person. Here are the concrete takeaways. Don't try to organize your whole house at once. It's not necessary. Focus on two to three hotspots that are creating the most stress. And work with your family to create a simple, multi-user system that everyone at every age understands. Think kindergarten. And last, organize your day around five anchors, starting with your morning routine. When it comes to a range, you don't have to be perfect. We all have to tolerate a bit of chaos when it comes to family life. The goal is to set up just enough systems for the perfect balance between predictability and spontaneity. Happy organizing. The Time to Parent podcast is hosted by me, Julie Morgenstern, and produced by Becky Celestina. Editing help from Alyssa Martino, Alexander Abnos, and Katie Ferguson. Thanks also to Tatiana McPartland. My new book, also titled Time to Parent, is out now. Buy it wherever you get books or at the link in the show notes. You can find more information on my website, juliemorgenstern.com. If you like the show, please be sure to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or everywhere you listen. For the next few weeks, we're looking for questions from you, the listener. What are your biggest challenges when it comes to balancing your time as a parent? Email your questions to parent at macmillan.com. See you next week.